Hey, Cryptonauts! Welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. All right, let's head on over to the quote of the day first and foremost, and this one's written by or said by Dan Held. Headlines in five years: quote Bitcoin crashes from two hundred fifty thousand dollars to one hundred thousand dollars. Crypto finally dead? Question mark. Happen every time. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. All right, let's <laughs> move on over to the. A job of the day, which is the senior DeFi engineering. Once again, if you're interested, you can check out the careers panel in our Discord. This one's from Zilka. We are looking for an experienced DeFi hacker to be part of the DeFi engineering team at Zilka. This is a vital role to drive and position Zilka as a hub for DeFi activities. As senior DeFi engineer, you will be reporting, uh, be part of the DeFi engineering team under SVP platform engineering. Design and engineer and innovate DeFi dApps for the Zilliqa ecosystem. Design good tokenomics for DeFi dApps. Support DeFi initiatives from the Zilliqa ecosystem. Promote DeFi with the Zilliqa ecosystem. All right, requirements. You have to be passionate about the cryptocurrency and blockchain field with a strong interest in CeFi and DeFi. You love to constantly learn and keep abreast of trends of development in the industry. Legion and DeFi hackers is a plus. Computer science background, of course, two year, two plus years experience in full stack development and smart contracts development. Once again, if you're interested in this job, you guys can check it out in our Discord. All right, head on over to our bills. We got to pay our bills, and we're going to show you guys our coin tree. We do have this provided link description below. If you guys want to help, uh, help promote us, or just kick back a little, uh, I guess, um, some sats. Uh, we do accept crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, Raven, Bat, Litecoin, and a bunch of other tokens. Once again, if you guys want to check us out, we are in Discord, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Odyssey. There's a bunch of links in the description below. All right, we do have our merch. You guys check out our merch shirt here. Thank you, Jake, for putting this together. We do have a black diamonds hand t-shirt and a white stacks and, and hodl t-shirt, as well as a white diamond hands t-shirt. These are awesome t-shirts. If you guys are interested, you guys can check these out in the description below. All right. Now, let's head on over to the news. Jake, first news of the day. Yep. This is some pretty big news, and I feel kind of sad about it. It's from Decrypt, one of our primary news sources, written by Jason Nelson. Celsius had been insolvent since 2019, Vermont regulator says. This is quite damning and honestly quite disappointing. Let's see this thing up here i'm just trying to broaden the people on video on mobile can see it better vermont state officials have asked for broader powers to investigate celsius alleging that the troubled cryptocurrency exchange artificially inflated the price of its cel or sell token at the expense of retail investors going back over three years quote by increasing its net position and sell by hundreds of millions of dollars celsius increased and propped up the market of sell thereby artificially inflating company sell holdings on its balance sheets and financial statements in quote vermont assistant general counsel ethan mclaughlin declared on wednesday in filing another quote including uh, excluding rather the company's net position and sell liabilities would have ex- exceeded its assets since at least february 28 2019 he continued these prices may also have enriched celsius insiders at the expense of retail investors Ouch. Yes, I feel a lot, honestly. The document was filled in the U- filed, pardon me, filed in the United States Bankruptcy Court, Southern District of New York, where Celsius filed for Chapter 11 protection in July, according to 
Vermont officials, Celsius, through its CEO, Alex Mashinsky, made false and misleading claims to investors about the company's financial health, profitability, ability to meet its obligations, and compliance with security laws. This feels like BitConnect. I don't know why. This likely induced retail investors to invest in Celsius or leave their investments in Celsius despite concerns about the volatility of the cryptocurrency market, the filing says. Regulators point to a May, 22nd, uh, May 2022 tweet by Mashinsky claiming that oh, the exchange has not experienced any significant losses and all <clears throat> funds are safe. Uh, yeah. At the time, Mashinsky's tweet, McLaughlin says, Celsius lacks sufficient assets to repay its obligations and further experience unrealized losses of approximately half a billion dollars between May 2nd and May 22nd of 2022. Regulators say Celsius CFO Chris Ferrano admitted the company's insolvency started with the financial losses in 2020, and they contend the financial troubles went back further. According to the filing, Celsius alleges, amid, allegedly admitted the company had never earned enough revenue to support the yield being paid to investors, effectively qualifying it as a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, this shows a wow. high. Yeah, this shows a high. Go ahead, please comment, commentate if you want to kick them in the teeth while they're on the ground. <laughs> it's uh, it's disappointing, but I think Mike may have called it. Unfortunately, John and I didn't see the writing on the wall. This shows a high level of financial mismanagement and also suggests that at least some points in time yield to existing investors were probably being paid with the assets of new investors, which is what a Ponzi scheme does. After several weeks of speculation and after freezing customer withdrawals, Celsius filed for bankruptcy in June. At the time of withdrawal freeze, the price of Celsius dropped 70% from $0.49 cents to $0.15, cents, according to current market cap. According to the court documents, over 40 state regulators, including Vermont, have opened investigations into Celsius, including claims of operation in violation of state security laws. According to the quote here, Vermont and other state regulators are especially concerned about the losses suffered by retail investors. For example, <coughs> middle class unaccredited investors who ha may have invested entire college funds or retirement accounts with Celsius, the filing said. The appointment of an examiner is critical to ensure the interests of these investors are protected. Yeah, I think this is what Warren Buffett, um, not Warren Buffett, but um, Elizabeth Warren was talking about in her railings during the last two years. This is a tough one, man. It's tough to hear. Um, especially, you know, you guys know me. I, I, I put a lot into Celsius. So, and I yeah. promoted Celsius a lot over the years. Yeah. And I pretty much Same been here. one of the first ones early on. Um, I think uh, they, they've been around since, what, 2017? Probably. Right? I think they've been around that long. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was one of the first ones that got into it in the early days uh, when they were just only asking for a... Uh, you had you had to get like a um, oh what's it called? Um, you got you got to pre-sign up because they weren't accepting all these uh, accounts at once. So I, I was there in the early, early days. So to see the rise and fall of Celsius, it's unfortunate to see that happen. I, I was so excited about it. Um, I it, even wanted to work for them. You know, it that's didn't, how much passion I had. Uh, it didn't feel them. too good to be true. It felt like it was reasonably possible. Although I have to admit that in the early days, particularly when it came to, because uh, I did put some money in on SNX uh, synthetics, I was like, how are they getting fourteen percent return? But the fact of the matter is, mm -hmm. you can get fourteen percent return on synthetics through Atomic Wallet. So I mean, it's not really that unreasonable that uh, it would be possible. And it's mainly because synthetics is about futures. So. <coughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks. And and Mike, 
And Mike and Mike told me many times in the past, man, make sure I to get my, my crypto out of there because they're going to go bankrupt. And I said, nah, it's good, man. I'm not worried. And guess what? He was right. Thank you, man. Prophet Mike. Yep. I gotta get credit. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't want the credit. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want the credit for predicting. Story. Yeah, predicting an evil future. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll take the next one because, Mike, you want to take the Ethereum one, right? Right. Yep. Okay, perfect. So I'll take the second one. This one's written by Kate Irwin, once again from decred.co. NFT game consultant says poor people could be NPCs. Bum, bum, bum. Players in developing countries could work as NPCs in wealthier players' worlds, according to one game consultant. With cheap labor of, de of a developing country, you could use people in the Philippines as NPCs, non-playable characters, real-life NPCs in your game, says Mikhail uh, Rosar, who is a chartered accountant and member of Wolves Dow. Kosar told the rest of the world that the players in developing countries could just populate the world, maybe do a random job, or just walk back and forth, fishing, telling stories, and shopkeeper. Anything is really possible. According to Whoops Dow's members' application form, is its mission is to equip the blockchain gaming sector with key insight, education, and tools to build the game, games and communities of tomorrow. The future community apparently could be a dystopian one <laughs> some find the idea of making real life people across the globe role play at uh, an automatic life npcs dehumanizing yeah you think mm -hmm. quote people are coming up with fresh ideas for how citizens of the third world can be put to productive use by wealthy westerners and <laughs> longtime video game journalist andy Schalk. it's an odious idea perfectly in character for the nft field and literally the dictionary definition of exploitation. It also raises questions surrounding the ethics of Web3 gaming more generally, where scholars in developing countries already play with NFTs they can't afford to own in play to earn blockchain games, while NFT owners reap a percentage of the profits. The potential for sentience, 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 the ethics of exploiting NPCs as disposable beings, has been a staple of science fiction. Recently explored in HBO's Westworld of last year's Ryan, Re Ryan Reynolds-led Hollywood action comedy Free Guy. But role-playing as an NPC isn't necessarily dystopian in every context. Gamers and role-play role servers for Grand Theft Auto V, like NoPixel, for example, already volunteer to act as characters who work in various positions in the virtual world. Whether it's as mechanic, a stripper, or a bartender, they're effectively role-playing as NPCs for free. Some RP servers are highly curated with wait lists of hopeful wanting to get in. When it comes to paid metaverse employment, there's also a whole world of virtual jobs in the game like Roblox, which doesn't use any cryptocurrency. But some argue that Roblox underage creators are being exploited and don't take home the wages they deserve. Yep. As metaverse worlds come to market, so too may a whole new realm of employment. But some jobs are sure to raise more eyebrows than others. Kosar has not yet responded to Decrypt's request for comment. This, yeah. This is kind of like, ooh, cringe. Did he just say that out loud? Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, that is a reality going on, man. That's, uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, all into the metaverse. I've tinkered with it. Obviously, uh, we, last weekend we were in Braveland for the Ravencoin community, they, which they do once a month. If you guys are interested, they do once a month, uh, the Braveland. I, I think it's like Braveland.io, I think. Um, and that's as far as I get into the metaverse, and we're only there for an hour or two at the most. 
up. But as far as this NPC thing up, it's not. I'm going to make a, a real life comparison. One of the things a friend of mine who came from India said that he really liked about the caste system, which not everyone likes, and I honestly don't think the caste system should exist, but that's my opinion, um, is that the people who are in the lower castes have a guaranteed position. You know, even despite the fact that the society is still is breaking away from the caste system, but for the longest time, those who are set to this caste uh, were, were guaranteed a job. So in the sense of people in poor countries becoming NPCs, it does guarantee them a job in a sense. It says, well, you know, it may not be a CEO of a company, but at least you get some work. And it's not like people are being forced to work. It, at least the example my friend came when he came from India said that uh, the neat thing was that the people in lower caste were guaranteed, you know, people who did uh, maintenance kind of jobs. And in particular, the one thing he liked about it was that uh, he had a, 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 a house cleaner and a cook for his house, even though he wasn't a wealthy person because of that cast of people who lived in his house and just did those jobs for him. And he said when he came to the United States, he was really bothered by it because he's like, well, we don't have that here. And you have to hire somebody like that. And I was like, yeah, but, I mean, you technically hired that person who lives in the front of your house. He's like, no, I don't. What they do is they, they get free room and board by living in my house, but they don't get paid. But they still clean and cook the, you know, cook for me and clean the house. And I was like, that does sound like slavery, doesn't it? <laughs> so, there might be an advantage, but only if you don't care about slavery not being a bad thing. <laughs> All right, next news. Yep. So this next article is by John Rudin, and it's how Ethereum miners plan to pivot after the merge. Crypto miners look for alternative strategies as Ethereum shifts away from proof of work. Uh, Hive, a publicly traded company, plans to explore other blockchains to continue its mining operations. But 8 Mining, another major miner, will meanwhile pursue ventures outside of crypto. Proof of work uses high powered computers to solve complex algorithms requiring great amounts of energy. On the other hand, proof of stake validates transactions through a network of users who have a large amount of blockchain native tokens staked. Computer hardware manufacturing company Hive Blockchain says it has analyzed alternative tokens that are mineable with GPUs. Hive aims to use its 6.5 terahash of Ethereum mining capacity in the event of Ethereum's transaction proof of stake across various other GPU mineable coins. <clears throat> Hive's processing power produces significant results for the company. During August alone, Hive blockchain GPUs yielded a total production of 3,010 ETH. This equates to 97 ETH or more per day. It's about $150,000. Mm-hmm. So that, that is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot of money. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on a mining app? Mining for GPUs after the merge. Oh, I'm excited about it. One thing I'm, I'm pretty sure is that a lot of these people are going to sell off their coins. In fact, uh, my broker is saying that the price is going to drop by about uh, 60%, he thinks, after the merge, which is coming up very shortly. Um, I know they just, For GPUs? Uh, yeah, for GPUs. He's thinking that the price is going to drop even more. Like He was thinking that the current price of like a uh, 6600 up to a 6900 AMD card is going to drop. You know, let's, let's say a 6600 is... Like uh, $300. I think he's going to drop down to 100 And he's thinking that like, $6,900 are currently on for $6,700 is going to drop down to, th- to 300 or 250 or something. And I was like, well, that's good for me because I'm looking to buy more. <coughs> um, 
And yeah, yeah. I think not sure. I just read an. I just read an article today that Nvidia is like trying to manipulate the prices, keep them as high as they can That's by limiting supply that they're releasing. That's Nvidia though. So yeah, but if Nvidia is doing it, AMD is probably doing it too. I doubt it. Nvidia has. I mean, remember Nvidia did the LHR, whereas AMD is like, we don't care if you mine with it, with our cards. <laughs> That's true. So I don't think AMD. AMD to me is just like, oh, you're going to limit cards. Well, we'll take the rest of the market from you. Thank you very much. Because I mean, I don't know if you guys know the history of AMD or not, but AMD was underneath intel for decades now that amt's on on top they're just like yeah we'll take the whole market that's what intel did to us so um i don't i don't think amd has any qualms about uh, about owning as much of the market as possible and even though people seem to like nvidia better I, i'm not one of those people um it's mainly because ethereum was more uh headed toward a fit, uh, in, in nvidia cards um, AMD cards do all kinds of coins, mostly altcoin stuff other than Ethereum. Um, it's just, you know, it just processes, uh, the coins differently, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool with, with this, what's happening. It, 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 it does seem counterintuitive because people are like, oh, you can lose money. I'm like, nope, not at all. And I'm not going to reveal my hand as to why, but there are plenty of other options if you know where to look. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I just want to see what's going to happen. That's, I just want to be a part of this and just see where things go. I'm pretty sure it's going to be chaos. And yep, initially. That's what I'm expecting. Initially, but I've already done the yeah, research yeah. and I've already figured out that Dynamo is the way to go. So, yeah. um, even I after the merge. The crash even more, man. I'm actually, actually going to hope more people <laughs> jump onto Dynamo uh, after the merge because that means that we'll have more uh, proof that it's it's a valid thing and more people will be trading it right now you guys just need to promote it more man there needs to be some more uh, community uh, discussion on it well more marketing it's community. it's a it's a six to one half a dozen the other the reason i haven't promoting is because i get as much coins as i want and that means when it does get does blow up then my coins be will become worth a lot more the thing that i love about dynamo is it's not it doesn't have the problem that 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 uh, raven does in that if raven's price blows up which it may be a while till that happens um, it's it can be very expensive to mint NFTs, whereas Dynamo doesn't have that problem. So it would be nice to see a right. video on how to mine Dynamo. Oh yeah, that's right. You've been asking. I'm sorry. I should do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, man. I, I did start one. I did start one. I just haven't finished it, so I'll, I should probably finish it this uh, soon-ish. All right. So continuing on with the Stacy Elliott article about Dan Held, also from Decrypt. Bitcoiner Dan Held, Ethereum merge will add pressure to Bitcoin's energy consumption. Some Bitcoiners have been reluctant to say that Ethereum merge will have any impact on their crypto asset of choice, but don't count on Dan Held among them. Ahead of growth marketing, no, that was a thing, at Kraken, and prominent Bitcoin influencer, who we quote often a lot here, uh, who these days calls himself a Bitcoin mostimalist, <laughs> rather than the fraught maximalist, said on the latest episode of Decrypt's GM podcast that the upcoming Ethereum merge will likely intensify attention from environmentalists who decry Bitcoin's energy consumption. Quote, I do think it will add pressure to Bitcoin's energy consumption because they'll point to Ethereum and say, hey, this blockchain, I, I'm taking from a layperson perspective here, this blockchain isn't using very much energy at all and you're using a lot. And that's it. They're going. They're not going to understand proof of stake versus proof of work or anything else. End quote. The merge will see 
the Ethereum network switched from proof-of-work consensus model to the proof-of-stake. It's expected to take place on or around September 15th. Switching to the new consensus model should cut the energy consumption of Ethereum network by 99%, according to Ethereum Foundation. But despite the added pressure that may still bring upon Bitcoin from environmental critics, Held said that uh, he still hasn't heard a credible reason for why Bitcoin to uh, for Bitcoin to abandon its proof of work status. For starters, he referenced some of the security concerns, which I personally have regarding Ethereum. I think we all agree. Uh, many users have pointed out the dominance of a few key staking pools in securing the network, and in fact, the government regulators could compel them to blockchain transaction, uh, block transactions from sanctioned entities like Tornado Cash. It's a huge area of concern and questions the notion of Ethereum's decentralization. Quote, if there's a catastrophic failure in the Ethereum protocol due to these trade-offs, well, yeah, sure, you could, or you cut your energy consumption by 99%, but the protocol failed, end quote, Dan Held said. And then, quote again, I'm not saying that it will, I'm saying that it opens up Ethereum to some technical attack vectors that Bitcoin community does not want to take on, and that's why they're sticking to proof of work, end quote. Oh, um, I think that's all I'm going to say about that for right now. Yep. Come on, man. Everybody knows proof of work is better than proof of stake. Well, it's it's a security so, factor. It, I mean, it's 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 practical everybody. for that reason. And I know there's a, plenty of other reasons I have for wanting wanting Bitcoin well, to remain uh, that way. Uh, just to elaborate on that real quick. You're saying security factors. Just give give me a little. All right. If we haven't said if we haven't said it once, we'll say it a million times. But it's, it is practical to elucidate this this ideal. Uh, with the proof of stake, I'm going to start from there. Proof of stake. Uh, it means that anyone with any amount of money can just come right in without much doing at all, buy up a ton of Ethereum, and then just decide to... I mean, obviously, if they do it wrong, they can lose their stake. But they could, let's say, buy up with a lot of money. Because, I mean, what's the total market value of, of, of Ethereum right now? What, uh, $200 billion? Uh, that's um, probably most of Elon Musk's money if he were deciding to put all of his money into it. Um, but let's say it's not just Elon Musk and himself. Let's say a conglomerate like SoftBank said, well, we're just going to buy all of the Ethereum, or at least 50% of it. Then now they have control of it. And now it's not decentralized anymore because it's just SoftBank that owns it. With proof of work, you have to buy the hardware, and anybody can just buy the hardware and do whatever they will to demonstrate this. One person can have one machine running on Bitcoin and be another say in the Bitcoin network. So uh, the decentralized nature of buying hardware to mine Bitcoin is one of its primary security factors. It doesn't as easily, not that it's impossible, but it doesn't as easily lend itself to the possibility of doing a 51% attack and thus double spending. The double spend is when you try to run the transaction twice, and even though it technically harms your value, you do get a little bit more money out of it because the network is so huge. Um, and so the other problem, of course, we were saying is if people just decide to take over the entirety of the Ethereum network, um, then is it really decentralized? It isn't anymore at that point. You're, you're talking to a single entity or at least one major entity that says, no, we control Ethereum. You do what we say, which is what we're trying to get away from with this whole Bitcoin endeavor where cryptocurrency is as a whole. And that there, Kryptonauts, is your two Satoshis of the day.
All right, uh, Mike. Do you mind taking the next article? I want. I, I would like to take the last one. Yep. Sure. That's That's Binance. Binance is pulling back support of USDC, converting several stable coins to BUSD. Yep. Which I, I think is pretty cool. It's a bold move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Binance, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange by volume, announced today. It would begin auto-converting existing and new deposits of USDC, USDP, and TUSD stablecoins into its native BUSD, effectively delisting three rival stablecoins. Mm-hmm. company says the move will... Yeah, right? Yeah. Largest exchange on Earth is going for blood. Yep. Uh, the company says they will move... The company says the move will enhance liquidity and capital efficiency for users. It definitely will. If they control what is and is not a dollar, then they can control the efficiency of their platform. Yes, they can. Right? Yep. Uh, among stablecoins, USDC is the second largest by market cap at $51 billion, according to CoinMarketCap. Uh, Binance BUSD stablecoin is a distant third oops, with a market cap of $19 billion, less than half that of USDC. Smooth effectively removes direct custody of USDC and USDP and TUSD for Binance's 28 million users. This will not affect users' choice of withdrawal. Users will continue to be able to withdraw funds in USDC, USDP, and USDT at a ratio of one-to-one to to their BUSD-denominated account balance. Binance said that the support post announcing the change, adding that the change is set to take place on the 29th of September. So that's pretty cool that they're not doing it way out. They're doing it. Yep. In the next few weeks. Yep, stepping yeah. up at the end of the month. Yep. A lot of, lot of, lot of new things coming up, man. We got the ETH merge coming up next week, and then the two weeks down. The oh yeah, then the is, the uh, Cardano uh, hard fork is coming up one week after the Ethereum merge. Yeah, dude. There's so much going on in the crypto space right yeah, now. It's really, really. This feels like one of the most exciting times over the past like four years. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of real changes that are actually happening, and we're gonna get to see how that unfolds. Like forget exactly. theoretical, we get to see what is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I, I just, I'm just so happy to be a part of. This. I want to see how it unravels. This is this is the time right now, man. If you're not stacking sats or whatever crypto you're stacking, do it now, man, because yeah. it's it's about to happen. Yeah, this is uh, we're already in it, and we're seeing it happen. And anybody who's not in it, well, per Dan Held's quote. When it dropped, his future prediction of dropping from a you know, quarter million dollars down to $100,000, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. It's, an, it's entirely in the realm, although it might be a few years off. But by that point, all of us will be millionaires. And we were thinking about, well, oh, you know. <laughs> I tried to tell you guys. Yeah, but then being a millionaire won't be enough to retire. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I hate to say it, but that might be true. <laughs> yeah. All right, last news of the day. This one's coming in from BitcoinMagazine.com. Written by... It's an opinion piece, uh, editorial by uh, Huao. I don't know how to say that. Huao. Founder of Boletin Bitcoin, a Brazilian portal focused 100% on Bitcoin. Okay. Meet Bitcoin Beach Brazil. I need to move my microphone up a bit. Meet Bitcoin Beats Brazil, a social project inspired by El Salvador, which is increasing the adoption of BTC as a form of payment and savings for local businesses and schools in the interior of Brazil. 
the El Zonte region, located about one hour from the capital, El, uh, capital Sa San Salvador, was where the Bitcoin Beach social po project started. Motivated by an anonymous donation to the local community, from there the region became one of the hot spots for of spontaneous adoptions in El Salvador, with the assets being adopted by local merchants. Inspired by the adoption of El Salvador, Fernando Motolesi created the Bitcoin Beach Brazil project, as reported in an interview with the Brazilian portal, portal Boletim BTC. The idea emerged on September 7th, the date of which the Bitcoin law came into force in El Salvador. Quote, the project came about on September 7, 2021. I saw what was happening in El Zonte that has given rise to El, Sal El Salvador adopting it. Bitcoin as its official currency. Then I started to replicate here in Quaracuara. Uh, in the beginning, we helped merchants accept Bitcoin as a form of payment until we evolved into an educational approach to help them learn to save money and use Bitcoin as a tool for financial inclusion. One of our big initiatives was to share our Lightning implementation on GitHub.com. You can see all the code that we use, like what we did here to use the lightning and also to have sovereign Bitcoin Im implementations to serve our community. Motolesi highlighted that he plans to help more communities around the world integrate a Bitcoin standard through a book he is writing. <clears throat> Quote, and along with all these implementations, I am writing a book which Bitcoin standard cir uh, circular economy, which aims to help communities start the journey of replicating the Bitcoin beach experiment in the Brazilian model which is a little different, and in this book, I intend to teach communities to replicate our initiative. Bitcoin in Schools One of Bitcoin Beach Brazil's latest, latest initiatives was the distribution of 0.1 BTC to students and teachers in a municipal school in Hiracoracora, the city where the project operates. In total, 408 wallets containing 1,000 Satoshis were delivered in paper wallets. In addition, students received a t-shirt, a bottle, and a piggy bank of coins were the, from the project, as well as instructions on how to use Bitcoin. And here's a tweet from Prarai, Bitcoin Brazil. Okay, there's a couple more tweets down here, and skipping on down to hotspots of hyper-Bitcoinization. <laughs> Through initiatives such as Bitcoin Beach Brazil, the knowledge of the use of BTC in locals, uh, local and circular communities is boosted, creating small pockets of hyper-Bitcoinization. These initiatives have the potential to bring enormous long-term benefits to the regions as the crypto assets appreciates and establishes itself as a sovereign store of value. The Lightning Network, Bitcoin's Layer 2 Network, is playing a key role in the adoption of BTC as a payment method. The network allows for the rapid and low-cost transfer of SATs, unlocking the cryptocurrency's potential as an efficient method for day-to-day -day exchanges. Direct, ex direct acceptance of Bitcoin in trades has the potential to increase the overall liquidity of assets in addition to potentially decreasing volatility as it is not necessary to convert the assets into fiat currencies to settle purchases. However, it is important to note that BTC must first establish itself as a store of value and later function fully as money since individuals tend to keep strong money and spend weak money, a phenomenon that is explained by Gresham's law. Yeah, this is that is probably the key factor, I think, and and that was not just due to um, you know Bitcoin's value, but the thing that I keep seeing this is uh, you can convince a person to use Bitcoin if it can be 
recognized as a not just as a store of value, but as a, it's a tradable thing. But you have to make sure it is tradable. And that's one of the key things that I keep saying is like, um, if trading Bitcoin or you know tr exchanging Bitcoin for goods and services was as easy as the U.S. dollar is for people in the, in the U.S., whether it be through debit cards, credit cards, or you know just very plain old cash or like a check or something, people would absolutely be able to do it and would do it immediately. They wouldn't have to rely on the old systems, but you have to get the the um, vendors on board too. You know, people have to recognize that this is a currency and it's perfectly valid to use. I mean, you can use it on Craigslist and there are plenty of vendors out there who accept it, but they still think in US dollars and not in sats. So if we move completely off the US dollar, if any place you move completely off the US dollar and it was just as easy to transfer sats or Bitcoin itself um, for any good or service, then people would absolutely move to it. So it's just tricky to do that. Adoption is a tough question. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm happy that somebody's getting it started. That's that's what counts right there. Just get it, get the ball rolling, and hopefully the adoption will be accepted. Yeah. Whether it be a soft landing or a hard landing, I hope it's a soft landing and it doesn't hurt the community. No, I hope it's well accepted and things can just settle on and just move on forward with Bitcoin as primary currency. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Jake, for being on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Don't forget, Cryptonauts, uh, we do have a Twitter spaces on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time if you're interested in hanging out with us. Once again, that link is in the description below, or you can chat with us anytime in Discord. So with that said, ready, ready Mike? Ready, Jake? Yep. Yep. Until next time. Stack sets, Stack sets and, and huddle. And huddle. Uh, Adios. Adios. <laughs>